Welcome to the podcast of Selmore Baptist Church in Ozark, Missouri. To learn more about our church, please visit selmorebaptist.com. And now, here's the sermon. All right, if you have your Bibles this morning, go ahead and turn to the book of Acts. And we're going to be in chapter 14, verses 21 through 28. Acts chapter 14, verses 21 through 28. There once was a children's Sunday school teacher who, as her class was getting ready to dismiss, reminded her children, now when we go to the sanctuary, we must be very quiet during the sermon time. And why must we be quiet? And the first child said, so we pay attention. She said, yes, that's right. The second child said, so we don't distract others from paying attention. She said, that's absolutely correct. And the third child said, To be polite, there's people sleeping in there. (laughs) Well, I hope that you don't sleep this morning. I'm not going to preach a long time, but today we come to what will be the last sermon in our current sermon series and what will be the last sermon that I deliver as your pastor. 19 years is a lot of sermons. There once was a man at another church in another place who said, I've gone to this church for 20 years and heard thousands of sermons and for the life of me, I can't remember a single one of them. So I think I'm wasting my time. The pastor is wasting his time. Then a wiser brother spoke up and said, you know, I've been married for 20 years now, and in that time my wife has cooked thousands of meals. For the life of me, I cannot recall the entire menu for every single one, but I do know this. They all nourished me, and they gave me the strength that I needed to do my work. If my wife had not given me those meals, I would be physically dead today. And likewise, if I had not sat under God's word for nourishment, I would be spiritually dead today. My hope and prayer is that you have been spiritually nourished over these last 19 years. It has been an honor and a blessing to stand behind this pulpit and teach you the word of God. You are a wonderful church, and I will miss you, and I love you. Today's text is an appropriate one for the circumstance Where we pick up today, Paul and Barnabas are bringing their first missionary journey to its conclusion. Where we left off last time, the apostles were on their way to the city of Derbe to preach the gospel there. What we'll see today is that on their way back home from Derbe, they stop and visit some of the new churches that they've helped establish on this journey to give them some parting words of instruction and encouragement. And that's what I want to do with you all today. We're going to read the entire passage up front today, and so I would like you to please stand in honor of the reading of God's Word. Again, is Acts chapter 14, verses 21 through 28. It says, And when they had preached the gospel to that city and made many disciples, they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, Strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith, and saying, We must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. So when they had appointed elders in every church and prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord in whom they had believed. And after they had passed through Pisidia, they came to Pamphylia. Now when they had preached the word in Perga, they went down to Italia, and from there they sailed to Antioch, where they had been commended to the grace of God for the work which they had completed." Now when they had come and gathered the church together, they reported all that God had done with them, and that he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. 
So they stayed there a long time with the disciples. This is the word of the Lord. You can be seated. As we said, verse 21 states that Paul and Barnabas had preached the gospel in Derby, and it says they made many disciples in that city. Now, I want you to note it does not say that they made many converts. It says that they made many disciples. Just a reminder, our goal in evangelism and missions is not merely to get people to convert to Christianity. Our goal is to develop mature disciples of Jesus Christ. Yes, that starts with conversion and then baptism, but it doesn't end there. We must teach new believers and help them to understand what it means to walk in the ways of Jesus. You young ladies who were baptized today, that baptism is not the culmination of your Christian journey. It is just the beginning. Now you begin to walk daily with Jesus and you begin to grow in him. Church, it is your job to come alongside these young ladies and all new believers and their families and help disciple them. The Great Commission is not to make converts, but to make disciples. Once the disciples, or rather the apostles, made many disciples in Derby, verse 21 says that they returned to Lystra, to Iconium, and to Antioch of Pisidia. As you may recall, there was a wonderful response to the gospel in both Antioch and Iconium. Lystra was kind of a hot mess, but there were Christians that were made there as well. How important is discipleship and follow-up with new believers? Important enough that Paul and Barnabas returned to cities. Now think about this. They returned to cities where their lives were in danger, where people had traveled 80 and 100 miles just to see them stoned, but they went back into those cities in order to encourage these new believers, these new Christians. Paul and Barnabas had a lot of guts. It would have taken a great deal of courage to walk back into those cities, but it always takes courage to follow the Lord in obedience. Now, what exactly did Paul and Barnabas do? And what did they say as they made this farewell tour of these new churches? Verses 22 and 23 tell us three main things. First, they strengthened the souls of the disciples by exhorting them to continue in the faith. To exhort someone goes beyond mere encouragement. It's a challenge. An exhortation has a little bit of bite to it. It's got a little bit of, hey man, hey woman, let's do this. So the apostles exhorted these new Christians. They said, we must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. In other words, following Jesus is not going to be easy. You need to know that up front, but you must continue. You must persevere. Selmore Baptist Church, I have three exhortations for you this morning. Three exhortations to continue in the faith. Number one, I exhort you to hold fast to the word of God. Do not compromise the truth. Guard your life in doctrine. Guard this pulpit. 
Number two, I exhort you to stay focused on the mission, which is to make disciples of Jesus Christ. Prioritize always the work of missions and evangelism. Always be looking outward for those who are not yet here. Do not be sidetracked by petty disputes that the devil will use to divide you and distract you from the mission, from what really matters. Number three, I exhort you to extend love and grace to one another. I beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. These are my exhortations to you. I urge you in the name of Jesus to uphold these biblical ideals in the life of this church. The second thing that the apostles did on their farewell tour was appoint elders in every church. The model of church leadership that we most often see in the New Testament is that of a plurality of elders, or we might say a team of pastors who provide spiritual oversight for the church. Paul and Barnabas wanted to make sure that each of these new churches that they had helped start had sound biblical leadership in place before they left. I cannot tell you how thankful I am for the leadership that God has placed in this church. I thank God every day for Bill Sprague and for Aragon Wyatt and for James Dodd. These are godly men who love the Lord. And I'm going to tell you, they genuinely love you. They love you. Are they perfect men? Ask their wives. There's no way. You know that, just as I'm not a perfect man. Will you agree with everything they do and how they do it? Probably not. But give them grace, because they do love you, and they are called of God to serve you. And I know that they're going to give everything that they have to do that. I'm so happy as well that Randy Johnson will be preaching for you this month. And Lord willing, will uh, be voted on as your interim pastor. Randy was the very first person that God put on my heart as I began thinking and praying about who might be a good interim pastor for you. Randy is well known. He is well respected all around this state. And he will do a fantastic job of carrying the baton and passing it off to the pastor that God has for you. Truly, church, you are in good hands with Brother Randy, with the staff that we have in place, including, and we all know who the real boss is, Miss Lori, in the office. Is Lori in the room right now? I don't see her. She's serving in the nursery. Lori's wonderful. She is a blessing to this church. So glad to have her on board. But not only that, godly men serving as deacons, committed lay leaders, and most importantly, our chief shepherd, Jesus Christ. And with that crew, I have no doubt, Jesus is way up here, the rest are down here, but with that crew, I have no doubt that this church is going to survive, it's going to thrive during this time of transition. Praise God for the leaders 
that he has put in place at this moment for this time. And when the time is right, God is going to bring you his perfect man to be your pastor. And I look forward to that. The third thing the apostles did on their farewell tour was commend the churches to the Lord with prayer and fasting. The Greek word translated as commend in verse 23 means to place beside or to set before. All that verse is saying is that when Paul and Barnabas left each church, they gave that church to the Lord. They put that church in the Lord's hands. The apostles reached a point where they had done all they could do. They discipled the people, they exhorted them, they put good leaders in place, and then they said, all right, we got to go. We're just going to give you to God now. There's nothing more that we can do. Now, don't miss this fact. The way they put them in God's hands was through prayer and fasting. Now more than ever, your church needs your prayers. This church needs to pray like it has never prayed before. Pray for your leaders. Pray for the unity of the body. Pray for the holiness of this church. Pray for God to protect this church from the devil's attacks. Pray for the growth of this church numerically and spiritually during this interim time. And yes, pray for God to send you his perfect man as your pastor in his perfect time. As God leads you, as the passage says, and we don't talk about a lot, incorporate fasting into your prayers as God leads. And be assured as you do that, that our family will be praying for you as well. Verses 24 through 26 retrace the apostles' steps as they make their way back home to Antioch of Syria, as they make their way back where the Holy Spirit first called them and where their mission first started. When they got back to Antioch, verse 27 describes a wonderful reunion. The church gathering together the apostles reporting all that God had done on their journey, most notably that he had opened the door to the Gentiles to be saved. And verse 28 says, they stayed there a long time with the disciples. We know that later there would come a second missionary journey, a third, a fourth. But for right now, they stayed there a long time and enjoyed each other's company. Today, the way our family looks at it is that you are sending us out to be missionaries to the pastors, to the churches of Greene County. And we are confident in the call of God to this new role. But know this, just as Antioch was home to Paul and Barnabas, no matter where their journeys took them, there is a sense in which Selmore will always be home to us. You will always be our family. And like Paul and Barnabas came home and gave a report and an update, there will be an appropriate time down the road when we'll come visit and we'll look forward to telling you that all God has done in our lives. And we'll look forward to seeing what God is doing here as well. I believe with all my heart that God has a great plan in store for Selmore Baptist Church. Thank you for allowing me to be your pastor for 18 and a half wonderful years. We're going to close the sermon today as we close every sermon, and that is by giving you an opportunity to respond to what God is calling you to do. 
Here in just a moment, we're going to have a closing song. While this song plays, I'll be standing here at the front of the room. If you have never put your faith in Jesus, please come during this song. Say, Josh, I want to be a Christian. I repent of my sin. I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. I would be so happy to lead you in a prayer of commitment of your life. I pray that you'll do that if you don't know Jesus. If you're ready to follow the Lord in baptism and go public with your faith, such as these young ladies did earlier in the service, come, let the church know that. I I want to let people know that I'm a follower of Jesus. I want to be baptized. If God's calling you to unite with this church in membership, come. This would be a great time. Come, join this church family. They will welcome you with open arms. Earlier this week, a friend of mine said, I just told someone they need to go visit your church, and now you're leaving. I said, still a great church. Send them. That's what I'm going to be doing every chance I get. If I meet people in Ozark, go to Selmore. It's a great group of people. If God's leading you to unite with this church, do that. You won't be sorry. May each of us be obedient now to whatever God is calling us to do. Let's stand and let's have our song of response. If you need me to pray with you, I'll be standing here at the front. Let me just lead us in a word of prayer. Let's bow our heads as the worship team comes and let me pray for us. Father, thank you so much for these wonderful, wonderful years that you have given us here with these people. Thank you for this church, Lord. What a blessing they are. Father, right now, I just pray if there's any individual here this morning that you're working in their heart, that your Holy Spirit is convicting them of their sin, of their need for a Savior, that you would give them the courage to come and profess their faith in you. If anyone is here that needs to make any other public decision, may this be the morning that they do that. We just give this time of response to you and pray that your perfect will is done in it and through it. And we ask it in Jesus' name, amen.